You're listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jangle, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Her Body IO Radio with your hosts, uh, Andrea Jangle, you guys can just call me AJ, and Alex Navarro. Alex, you want to say hi? Hey, everyone. So this is episode number two. Last episode, we didn't have a name yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we finally decided on that. And after our first episode, Alex and I were talking about what we could possibly do right off the bat for a second episode. And it's something that we thought was really, really important because we think that this podcast is actually going to motivate a lot of women to possibly read uh, Carb Night Solution and Carb Backloading and get started uh, on their own. So we wanted to talk about something that we see all the time as Carb Night and Carb Backloading coaches, which is... Um, the most common mistakes that people make when they start to adopt these protocols. And uh, this would actually apply to any kind of diet that you're using. Uh, we're going to use the context of carbonate solution and carb backloading. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And for, for those listeners that don't know already, we already work with clients doing carbonate and carb backloading consulting. And a lot of those clients have actually done a lot of reading themselves and done some research and try to adopt these uh, protocols on their own and they run into some roadblocks and issues. So then when we go through the assessment process with these um, people who come to us for coaching, it's really obvious for us to see where they've kind of got off track right from the very beginning. So Alex, I know you want to talk about probably the, the most important thing, which is educating yourself right from <laughs> the start. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, I do find it surprising sometimes how many people want to adopt a new lifestyle in in any realm of their life. And they, they go into it without doing any research. You know, they, they maybe they hear a little bit about it and they're like, oh, that sounds interesting or sounds like something maybe I should try to do. But that's they don't look into it any further in, in terms of what's involved. And I think the most important part about starting any new lifestyle um, approach, whether it's diet or training or you know a meditation habit, is to read about it. If, if it's a specific protocol like carb, the Carbonite Solution, you want to read the book. So it's the, a great place to start and may seem like the most obvious place to start, but not everybody does, unfortunately. And I think it's just going to be an exceptional tool to understand what the protocol's about, how to get started, the basics, what to expect, and it at least gives you a nice baseline to work off of. And uh, I do understand the hesitation sometimes with carb backloading because it can be a little overwhelming in terms of the information, but Carb Night is such an easy read and I think it was written in such a way that anyone can understand it and be able to apply those principles right away. I completely agree. And I think there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of literature out there to show that people that understand why they're doing something and maybe a little bit about how their body actually works are going to be way more successful than people just trying to follow a plan. Someone, you know, 
I've been there before where you tr- someone you get someone to write you up a diet and you're just following it. You don't understand why. You don't you're not making choices for yourself. There's mm-hmm. no freedom in that and you don't really stand a chance of creating a long-term lifestyle and it and it really is that has to be the goal. I know your short-term goal might be fat loss or maybe you want to put on some muscle. But the long-term goal has to be, is this going to work for me? And can I adopt this as a lifestyle? Because that's where you're going to sustain those goals. And that's where you're going to learn to really manipulate your body based on whatever's getting thrown at you in your life. Whether you're on the road, like I just was last week. Uh, I was on the road all week. And there wasn't a moment where I felt like, you know, I didn't know what to eat or I didn't know what to do. It was just, it's just so easy if you understand food. And that, and that's the other thing. Um in the Carb Night Solution book, there's a section in the back that goes over food and your your net carbs and all those things. And I'm always surprised on how many people I think have skipped over that part of the book. Because That's probably understand- one of the most important parts. It's those charts are so helpful and simple. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like understanding food, having some basic understanding of macronutrients. I meet some very, very intelligent people all the time who don't understand what macronutrients are. And if you can get that baseline knowledge, these protocols are going to be so easy for you to adopt. It's when you don't understand those things from the get-go that that's where you start chasing your tail. And those are the people that are going to think, oh, this is too complicated or I simply can't do this. It's just because you don't have that foundation of information that you need. And, And that's the empowering part is that knowledge. You have to educate yourself and then it's, it's really just about understanding food, food choices, and, and how much you actually need to be eating at that mm-hmm. point. Absolutely. And another thing that's in the book, and this happens all the time, I get emails from, from women who, who they started the 10-day reorientation, but they just started it on any given day because they were super excited. <laughs> and next thing you know, their carb night, their first carb night falls on a Tuesday. And now they feel handcuffed that they have to have carb night on a Tuesday every single week. Right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It is in the book. Alex and I are laughing because we haven't discussed any of these things, but just because we we both do the same thing uh, as far as helping clients with these protocols, we're always coming up with the same things. We have the same stories. So it makes us laugh. Exactly. (laughs) But it's like that 10 day, it actually says in the book, like, get your calendar out. Do you want your carb night to fall on a Saturday? Exactly. If you do, subtract the 10 days. Your, your 10 day reorientation is going to start on a Thursday if you're aiming for your carb night on a Saturday. So let's say you're the kind of person that goes out every Friday night. It doesn't mean you need to have carb night on Saturday. Plan it with what works with your lifestyle. If you mm-hmm. go out every Friday night for like date night with your husband and that's your tradition, then make that your, your uh, weekly carb night. And if you're the person that works weekends and you have Wednesday off and that's the night where you want a little bit more freedom and, and you get to go to the gym whatever time you want that day, then make that your night. Don't just... Just, yeah, don't go online and look at some forum and just see what someone else is doing and rush into things. Because, <laughs> I mean, one of the best things about Carb Night is being able to go out and enjoy yourself with friends and family and, you know, try a new restaurant. And so I definitely think planning it on a night that works for you just helps increase the, the fun in it. 
and, um, you know, not feeling restricted, feeling like you can go out and be adventurous with your foods and trying new places and whatnot. So um, it's amazing, just like you said, how many people miss that, that cute little chart in the back that shows the different days when you can start and then therefore when your first carb night is. So, you know, it's all there in the book for you. First place yeah, to start. And, and yeah, and read it right till the end. <laughs> I guarantee exactly. it's going to be worth it. There's even samples of what carbonate should look like. And if you compare the samples in the books to a lot of the things that you might stumble across through, uh, you know, unreliable online sources, they're quite different. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, Very true. Yeah. Very true. So, I think one thing we, we, we kind of skipped over at the very start, but something we wanted to talk about is that you and I, Alex, have adopted carb night and carb backloading as a lifestyle. And we both started using these protocols to get lean, but we've used them during maintenance periods and we've used them to gain muscle. We've used them for performance. But I think for the sake of, you know, just putting this whole episode uh, in context, we're going to talk about the most common um, approach or the common goal that most women have when they come to us, which is fat loss. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just wanted to just preface the rest of this podcast with that because I really do believe that having one goal, uh, one short-term goal is very, very important. Um, You might get you might be surprised that you might be able to achieve a few different things at once, but I never like to go into a short-term phase with all these really high expectations. So I always say choose one goal. So for, you know, we're talking about this diet in this episode, we're going to talk about it in the context of fat loss because that, that is the most popular goal that most women have. Absolutely. Especially going into this new year, I think. Yeah. The timing is perfect. And that being said, you know, I do see a lot of assessments from women who come to me with the goal of fat loss, and I don't necessarily think it is the most appropriate thing at that time. Either they've been dieting, you know, they've been jumping from diet to diet for the last year or maybe longer. So sometimes I do prescribe a a period of maintenance or even maybe trying to put on some muscle um, before we could focus on dieting again. Mm -hmm. Um, But in general, like if you're going to use any of the body IO coaching services, we we would help you make those decisions for sure. Make sure that they're appropriate for you. Exactly. Um, Exactly. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what's what's one of the, the great things about the assessment is just how thorough it is. And it really helps us take a look at every aspect of the individual's lifestyle uh, to be able to make those, help them make those decisions and choices and know, help them understand that there are options. And it's just a matter of choosing what's appropriate right now, but that doesn't mean that that's, you know, the end all. Absolutely. It's it's like, it's constantly evolving. I know you and I have talked about our own performance mm-hmm. and different, you know, types of training programs that we might be using and how we then, you know, adjust carb backloading or carb night. Uh, to help us perform or, or reach whatever goal that we have. So mm-hmm. it is a constantly evolving thing. And that's what you have to look at it. And and I really think if you're looking to adopt these as a lifestyle, you just have to be open-minded like that and don't put pressure on yourself. Like, you know, in three months, I need to do this. So it's, um, you know, if you're prepping for a show, then that's a different story. But if you're not, then, you know, you get to enjoy the fact that you don't have that pressure of, of a date that you need to be ready for and exactly. take advantage of that. <laughs> exactly. I think that, so, that goes, uh, ties in perfectly with the next piece, which would be, you know, expectations going into starting any 
protocol, you know, whether it's diet related or exercise related or, I mean, even work. You know, you have a project, you have a goal, specific goal in mind, but understanding that it's going to take time. It's going to take some playing with. There's going to be an adjustment period. And it's also a great opportunity to learn about your body. And I think a lot of people miss that component of it. You know, maybe they are patient, but they're not paying attention enough to take advantage of this learning process that, that, that that's going on. Yeah, that's super important. Like I always tell people, I'm like, the first, you know, few weeks of this diet, we're just looking for feedback from your body, how you're responding. Um, if you've got your calories and macros in a range that's working for you, how do you feel between meals? How do you feel when you go to train? Your body is giving you feedback all the time. Um, you know, something that I see a lot of women uh, just get off on the wrong foot right away is that they're expecting this amazing, amazing fat loss, linear fat loss result to just keep on, you know, every single week I'm going to lose two pounds. And I think a lot of that, you know, there's a lot of bad information out there that exists, but I also think there's a lot of good information on the internet right now warning women that that is not realistic. But then they go some. They go to use something like MyFitnessPal to use, uh, like to plug in some of their food journals to see, you know, where their calories are at. And the first thing my MyFitnessPal asks you is, how much do you weigh? How much do you want to lose? And it, it basically gives you that tally of what you yes. need to eat. Yes, to lose. and if you eat this amount <laughs> every day for the next, you know, sixty days, you'll weigh this much. I hate that thing. I and yeah, I, it, it's it is huge bold, different colors at the bottom of the screen. And I just <laughs> want to black it out. I don't know why yeah, they do that. And, it, and it's such a good tool, but it just sucks that anyone that's new to this is going to see that part as right. one of the first things when they go and start their profile. And that just right. drives me nuts. And of course, then they can like put in how much exercise they, de- they did that day. And it will like actually tally up this crazy amount of calorie bur- <laughs> burn, which is so not accurate. No. And no. then it does something crazy. It subtracts it from your daily calorie intake. I know. And it's just infuriating. So I do, I do like food tracking for, to gain awareness and knowledge about food and macronutrient ratio, ratios and those things. But the calculators that exist out there, some of them are really, really misleading. Uh, and you know, and not all the data that you're going to enter is going to be 100% accurate. I'm not. I'm never stressing about things that need to be dialed to the number. I aim for ranges. Yes. And I know that there's going to be margin for error um, with whatever calculator you're using. With I don't weigh my food. I never have. I'm pretty good at eyeballing my food. So just understanding portions. Um, mm-hmm. is really important. And, and maybe I could just say <laughs> there is nutrition labels on every single thing that you go and buy and cook and eat. Or if you go into a restaurant, there's usually a nutrition guide that you can either pull up online or if you ask, there's usually one behind the counter that they will give you to mm-hmm. look at. I can't tell you how many times I've stood in front of someone and well, they're complaining that they can't lose weight as they like they like dive into this bag of like mixed nuts that they're just like going through like it's popcorn. And I just sit there and I go, why don't you turn around the nutrition label on that bag of food that you're eating from at this moment as you're complaining and look at 
how calorie dense that food source is. Mm-hmm. You probably just, you know, in the five minutes that you're venting to me and putting, you know, and eating some of this trail mix, whatever it is this person would be eating, it happens all, nuts always are, are this thing for yes, me. My I mother have, does this to I me all the time. about the nuts. <laughs> okay, you got to tell me your story because okay. my mom does this all the time. It's, right, say, maybe turn it's, around the package. Yeah, maybe it's, it's part of my mom's fault too because she always had almonds in the house and so I've just always loved snacking on them especially if they're salty but my car broke down this one time I was stuck for hours waiting for the tow truck to come and I was hungry so I ran to the gas station just down the way got one of those little tiny you know uh, I think they're the diamond almonds the blue diamond almond containers and you know I was like I'll just have a couple you know I'm, I'm there for hours I ended up eating the whole container and granted I was actually in show prep at the time so this was not on my plan and at the end of the day I looked back and I was thinking about what I had eaten and I ate 1500 calories of almonds <laughs> that's a lot yep. of calories and a lot of fat and a lot of carbs actually when you add it up I was like oh crap I'm done <laughs> eating for the day <laughs> and it's not hard to do and I oh, think no. that's where you know, going back to understanding food and doing a little bit of tracking and understanding macronutrients, fat foods that contain fat are calorie dense. Um, and I think that is a misconception that people go into, um, you know, when they go from a mixed, a mixed diet into a low carb, high fat diet, um, they don't realize that their food, uh, their food volume now is a little bit different. So foods are a lot more calorie dense. They are not, not necessarily getting a huge volume of food. I mean, that's one of the reasons I really like um, green leafy vegetables is because you do get that food volume mm-hmm. that you tend to lack when you just have like a 450 calorie fat bomb for lunch. Right. That's like the size <laughs> of like, I don't know. Two bites and it's gone. <laughs> Two bites and a, yeah, exactly. So, you know. People, you know, the more you explore food and understand it, and it's not going to happen overnight. This is stuff that you're going to learn about all the time, but it's just bringing awareness to your situation. And that knowledge, you're going to have that knowledge for life. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't go away. You don't forget it. And that awareness is so important. And And it gives um, you control in the moment and at any point down the line, which is nice. mm -hmm. You know, if, if you are caught in a situation where things aren't ideal or aren't perfect or like you were last week traveling you know I'm sure you didn't bring all your food with you I'm sure you just made do with what was around but still made it work for you and having that control is uh, really freeing it is it's you know that's the whole thing about you know tied to a plan versus in, uh, embracing something as a lifestyle mm-hmm. And that really is a diff- where the difference lies is whether you understand what you're doing, or you understand what you're eating and why you're eating and how much you need to eat based on your goals. Yep. And I actually so, think that that was a, mis- a mistake that I personally made when I first started Carb Night because I was doing it for contest prep and because I was I was given a plan and I'm one to follow a plan to T to a T when it's something like stepping on stage, which everyone should be if that's your goal. Um but I just did that. I followed it to a T and I didn't pay attention as much as I should have. So when it was time for show and the weeks following that, I was at a little bit of a loss and it did force me then to start paying attention. And so it took me, I would say, a good six months after that first show to really understand how to make it work for me, my daily life, you know, feeling good, feeling good in my training 
and seeing the results that I wanted. So just like you said, paying attention and using it as an opportunity to learn rather than just following something because you feel like you should. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, everyone has different like food preferences. Everyone has a different budget. Everyone has like, even now where I live, I used to live in like a really, in in a city where I had like options everywhere. I could get anything I wanted anytime. And now I live out kind of in the boonies and I don't have those options. I have to be a little bit more creative. Um, so everyone has a different scenario. So I, I don't like to compare things to other people and what other people are eating because those might not be available to you. They might be out of your budget and you might not even like some of those foods. So, uh, learn to work with the foods that you really like. And, you know, when you have time, uh, look at, look at, um, your recipe books, Alex, that you've made for people. And, you know, that's where you can start to expand your knowledge and try to be creative mm-hmm. with the food that you're eating. Um, I kind of wanted to backtrack because we're kind of going on a tangent about food <laughs> right now. And I really wanted to address something that bugs me all the time. Go for it. I will get messages from women that I have never met before. They've, they've read Carb Night, so they've done their homework. Um, they're actually doing pretty good good as far as understanding the food and what they should and shouldn't be eating their portions might be a little bit off Mm -hmm. and and they've done no tracking so ever since they decided okay you know I'm going to start this diet um, they didn't track anything they didn't track any kind of calorie consumption before Mm -hmm. they started the diet so they have nothing to base what they should be eating off of um, and they didn't track anything, even like photos, growth measurements. Um, at, at most, sometimes they have a pair of pants that they go right. try on every once in a while. But the sad thing is, is that I like to be efficient. I don't like wasting time and energy because most people I work with, they don't have a lot of time. Time is precious. Right. Like life is so demanding. We have families, we have social obligations, we have work, and then we have all the things that we need to do around the house. So the last thing I'd like to see is someone wasting their time. Um, And that's why I think some of these things right off the start, as far as your tracking, they need to be done to ensure that you're using your time and energy wisely. Uh, There's nothing that makes me more sad when I meet a woman who's tried to adopt something like Carb Night Solution on their own and they've been doing it for five, six months, only to jump on the scale five, six months later mm-hmm. and realize that they've, they've put on weight or their inches ha- hasn't moved at all. It doesn't right. take six months to realize these things. These are things you can nip in the bud right off the get-go. Right. Um, you know, you should be getting results. Like, you know, we don't expect amazing results where you're going to reach your goal in like six weeks. That's never the case but you should be seeing a downward trend in your girth measurements. And if you are using the scale, you should be seeing that you should have a downward trend. It shouldn't be this big surprise where you go all of a sudden six months, you realize that your clothes aren't fitting you anymore. Right. right. <laughs> and, and thinking about too, you know, for those who, and this is something that I've heard a lot is, you know, the time it takes to do the tracking and yes, it, it is a bit of a commitment at the beginning when you first start. But what's nice about a lot of these tracking systems is that you can save all of your favorites. You know, you're, a lot of us are eating the same things all the time. So you're putting in a little bit of time investment at the beginning to get things started, to get your log saved up of all your favorite meals and snacks so that you can just click on those down the line. But the time that you're then going to save 
in frustration and time wasted doing something that you know could have been adjusted to fit your needs better is is incomparable. So it's taking that little bit of time at the beginning when you first get started to figure out your where you where you stand measurement wise, food tracking wise, so that you don't have to do it down the line. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, there's nothing more disappointing than if you just didn't have those details sorted out off the start. And if you put that much time and energy into something and realize you haven't gotten anywhere, we don't want people to be doing that. So, mm-hmm. you know, the recommendations are basically what we go through in a lot of our assessments, which is um, we want progress pictures. Um, I think those are really important because sometimes the scale doesn't show the changes that you will see in progress pictures. Very, very true. And I I love having a trained eye look at progress pictures too, because so many of us, we're so hard on ourselves and we'll look at progress pictures. And the first thing that we'll, we'll just like zoom in on the one thing we don't, you know, we're not happy with, with our (laughs) body where it's like, you know, you don't even look at all the things that have changed. Right. Um, you just zoom in on that one thing, that one stubborn area. And we all have stubborn areas and they're always the last to lose. Mm-hmm. They're always the first to gain. And that's what we always hone in on in our pictures. So it is nice having a coach for that reason because, you know, I always, you know, people send me pictures and like, I haven't made any progress. I'm like, okay, send me the pictures. And I look at the pictures and I'm just totally wowed by the progress, right. but the client doesn't see it. Yep. And it just, blows my mind. <laughs> it happens all the time. It, it really does, it which does. is unfortunate. Yeah. And I know progress pictures aren't easy to share and, you know, there are ways, <laughs> to, there are ways to do them that, you know, you don't have to include your face. That mm-hmm. makes people feel better. Um, you can, you know, wear little short shorts and a sports bra. You don't have to be in a bikini. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, having someone else look at those it can be reassuring. And that's why it is nice uh, sharing that with your coach. Um, or if you're doing this with a girlfriend, uh, you guys can do that together. Yeah. And, and then girth measurements. Um, I mean, those are pretty telling a lot of the time too. And I see people overlooking that. I think those ones are very telling. I think it's really fun to, to imagine, you know, three inches gone from any one area in your body. And then when you start adding up the totals from all over, over a period of time, that's really fun. I mean, it's, it's almost more exciting than the number that the scale went down. It's like, wow, three inches gone from my waist. That's significant. And one thing on the progress pictures, which is just, you know, a couple ideas for those of you who might be uncomfortable taking them. I have a client who takes them, but never looks at them personally. She takes them for me because it's a helpful tool for me. And I say down the line, you're going to be glad that you did take these so that you can look back when you want to. But if you don't want to look at them now, you know, you can just share them to me. I can make comments and suggestions based on them. Or if you have a friend that you want to share them with, that's another solution. Um, I actually have a really good story about one client who finally, she was very hesitant about sending pictures. And uh, after a few months, final check-in, she sends her pictures in. And the first thing that I noticed in those pictures was she was smiling. (laughs) It wasn't a mugshot picture. She didn't look miserable. She looked really excited. And that just made my week. First thing, yep. I didn't even notice the rest of her body, just the smile and excitement on her face from, from her being able to see the difference, which, you know, was enough. So getting ex- being able to get excited about those little things. Yeah. And, and those are the things that really pay off. It's like you're, you know, you start feeling confident and, 
you realize that you are making progress. Maybe it's not at this crazy speed that you imagined it to be, but uh, you're doing things right and you're making, I, I like slower progress personally because I think that is the, the progress that's easy to sustain. Very true. And um, just what you're saying with, you know, not looking at your own pictures, I have clients to do the same thing with the scale. Mm-hmm. The, the scale is just such a, it's, there's so much controversy about the scale. I like the scale. I like it for certain reasons. I dislike it for other reasons. I'm, I'm a believer. And if you're going to use the scale, understand how it works, what information it actually tells you, and that it might not be reliable. I'm, I'm just one of those people where it's like, it is what it is. I use it as just another tool. But a lot of my clients don't like it. So very much like your client with the photos, mm-hmm. they'll have their husband. Um, like, I, I like to see it, especially with anyone who's a little bit bigger. I, I'll be the first one to say, if you are already very tiny, um, you don't have a lot of weight to lose, possibly you need to put on some muscle, the scale is going to be very deceiving. Um, but when you've got like 30 pounds to lose, 20 pounds to lose, the scale can be very helpful. Dang. So, you know, same thing where your husband or someone that you live with could take your weight and send it to your coach. That works fine. Or he could even just document it for you in a book if you're doing this by yourself. And then that way you have a reference to look back at. Um, but let's talk about a few things about the scale and specifically with women and water retention with uh, <laughs> our monthly cycle. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of ways you can use the scale. You should be seeing a downward trend when your goal is fat loss. So, um, you know, I like to tell people, like, if you're weighing in once a month and you're not seeing anything budge and you're not seeing any changes in your other tracking uh, tools as far as girth measurements, mm-hmm. how your clothes are fitting in pictures, then that means something needs to be assessed. You could see you could see progress in your pictures and your girths and not see anything on the scale. So just be aware that that's going to be a situation that could happen. It happens all the time. Yeah. And that's why having a lot of data to look back and see if progress is actually happening is the most reliable thing to do. Um, But the other thing with the scale is that women, we retain water at certain times of the month. And I mean, when I was about 20, 20, 25 pounds heavier than I am right now, mm-hmm. my monthly water weight fluctuation on the scale was like 10 to 12 pounds. That's significant. That, <laughs> that's a lot. Like mm-hmm. now my weight will fluctuate maybe three pounds. Yeah. But when I think back of, you know, so when I was around like 145 pounds and my weight was fluctuating like 10 pounds throughout a month, that could be so confusing to someone that doesn't understand what's going on. Right. That's very true. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I like to use not only with my scale, if I was going to be trying to lose body fat, is I also like to track my monthly cycle in an app. I use, I think I use iPeriod. There's better apps out there. That's just the one that was free. Yeah, I think I use Period Tracker. And okay. Yeah, it seems pretty helpful. I mean, it, it gives me charts, a whole... Uh, graphs of the year and, you know, when ovulation is and things like that. And I find it very, very helpful. Yeah, it's just, it's that peace of mind, right? Where maybe you, well, I think what happens at first is that you weigh yourself a little bit more frequently than maybe is necessary, but then that's okay. Try to find where your patterns lie. Like for me, I actually retain more water during ovulation than I do, well, 
it's like ovulation and then just like maybe the first couple of days of my actual cycle. Mm -hmm. That's where I'll see my water weight. So once you know those patterns, be aware of them. I know what my patterns are. So if I was trying to diet down, I would never be looking at my body composition changes at those times of the month, which I know are going to be, you know, mostly me holding water is going to be an issue at those times. So, you know, once you become aware of those things, then you realize when is the best time for you to actually gauge um, your, your progress. And for most women, it's, it's after their period has ended. Yes. Uh, usually a couple of days. Be- do you find that to be the same? Absolutely. Three, three? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even after it's ended, there's sometimes a day or two where you're still holding a little bit more water and then you'll find some, a lot of people will get a whoosh at that point. I love the and whoosh. I just talked about that with somebody else too. <laughs> <laughs> the whoosh. Yes. And, and I think, you know, that would be an accurate time to take your monthly stats and see what's going on. And it's also a great tool if you experience cravings. Um, Don't make judgments on if your diet is, I think I will use the term going well. If, (laughs) you know, it's those few days before your period starts, everything just gets thrown off. So (laughs) this is darn snacky nuts. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, we all see it. That's, it seems to be even more so. Than chocolate, you know, I used to think that chocolate was like the thing that most women went for, and I'm sure that it's still true for some. But the nuts and the nut butters seem to be more problematic than chocolate ever was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I <laughs> I used to have a clause on on a part of my consultation where it says, you know, you know, text messages may apply if you need, you know, if an emergency arises where you've encountered you know, had a run in with a jar of almond butter. You know, that's the only time you can text me <laughs> if you need help walking away from it. What if you're dipping chocolate in the almond butter? <laughs> I mean, it tastes great, but it's, it's just trouble waiting to happen. So yes, there definitely are those things that, you know, each, each individual woman is going to, you know, have a craving for, want to snack on during that time. But but paying attention to those cues can help, you know, just make things a little bit easier for you. A, if it happens, it's going to happen. Don't get, mm-hmm. don't, don't, you know, <laughs> beat yourself up about it. Acknowledge what happened. Hopefully you've, you've you finished the jar and there's no more. And then you just pick up where you left off. Or if you anticipate that happening, maybe you make sure that it's not in the house. If you find that that's something that you're going to go after. You know, just anticipating your your habits, and again, that just comes back to paying attention, mm-hmm. being aware. It's all about. And we talked about this in the first podcast. It's all about. We want to help you guys gain awareness, and how that, that really is where everything. How, well, I was just talking to a client, saying, "I can't tell you what you need. It's about you telling me how your body's responding, what you're experiencing." And then I can give you my experience and feedback and tell you how to adjust things. Without that information from the client, I don't even know where to start. Right, exactly. Because then you're just sharing what works for you, which could be the opposite. Could be, exactly. Everyone is so unique. So Mm -hmm. tracking, we've talked about, you know, a little bit of uh, using apps uh, like, you know, MyFitnessPal to gain some food and calorie awareness, uh, Mm -hmm. tracking your progress. Um, using 
apps to track your monthly cycle. Um, I think one thing that I think we're almost coming to the end of the mm-hmm. podcast and there's something that I want to make sure I, I followed up on because it was something I said in the fir- first podcast I ever did with Kiefer on Body IO FM mm-hmm. and, and people call me out on it all the time and they say, they say, oh, well, you said that you train less and you eat more. So I've been training less and eating a lot more and I'm not getting results. <laughs> I'm not the only person that uses that terminology. <laughs> and I've, I've, had other, I've had other people come to me saying that their coaches have told them to train less, eat more. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's a common phrase right now. Yes, it is. I want to give it some context because I feel like I did my audience. I, I just feel like they need that because I, I get this question all the time. In the podcast I did when I made that reference, I should have stated that compared to when I was on a mixed diet, consuming carbohydrates every meal of the day and doing a lot of cardiovascular exercise and weight training, maybe five, six days a week. In comparison to that, since I have shifted to using carb night and carb backloading and strength training maximum four days a week, almost no cardio ever. Um, except for the little bit I do on my bike, which I can tell you right now does not do me any favors. It actually makes things more challenging for me (laughs) as far as my strength training goals. Um, In comparison to that, I am eating more than I could have and training less than I would have to ever get to these goals. I never got to these goals actually that I had using those other strategies. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am still eating an approach appropriate amount of food (laughs) based on my short-term goals, whatever they might be, they do change quite frequently. um, Or they did, especially when I was going through my body recomposition, but it's appropriate amount of food for me and my goals. Um, So yes, I am eating more. Let me give it some context here in a (laughs) diet. When I'm dieting down, I'm actually eating more calories than I ever could on a mixed diet, but I'm still getting fat loss. It doesn't mean that I'm eating an unlimited amount of calories. Right, right, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And I am training, I am training with intensity. I am training very, very hard, but not with the frequency and the endurance style of training that I used to. Um, I just want to make that clear because I think that I caused some confusion in one of my old podcasts saying that statement, and I I just don't want people to go down that wrong track. That's good. Good (laughs) clarification. I think that's important, too, for the listeners just to keep in mind at any point in listening to any podcast is that always you can't just take something out of context and run with it. You have to understand, you know, what was what else was going on when something was mentioned or talked about um, and, you know, for us, especially having a, more experience and having gone through the different protocols, knowing in comparison to the mixed diet and cardio bunnies that perhaps we once were, um, you know, we are able to eat a lot more based on our goals, which can be changing, ever changing. Um, but yeah. in comparison, yeah, it's uh, so much better. It is so much better. Like we said, I think in the first podcast, it's almost like if someone told me I could 
have this control or I would have ever had this control down the road, I wouldn't have believed them because things used to be very out of control. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I, you know, gained that self-awareness and educated myself and mm-hmm. was, you know, looking at things, you know, I had to, I had to um, unlearn a lot of things. And yeah, that was hard. I agree. Yeah. I agree with Drop that. a lot of bad habits and mm-hmm. things that I, I just had to put trust in, you know, people that I looked up to and, and believe that, okay, you know what, maybe I am doing something wrong and be willing to admit that and try something different. Yes. And that's when things really started to change. And yes, I was out of my comfort zone. And sometimes I still am out of my comfort zone when I try, you know, when I have a new strength training goal or whatever, but that's kind of when you know you're growing as a person and progressing. Exactly. Exactly. And being able to have the resources to go and find the information that hopefully is going to help you. And knowing that, you know, just sometimes it takes a little bit of reading and, and plugging away at things to figure it out. But just like you said, it, it can be fun. Yeah, it can be fun. And I look at like, you know, some of my girlfriends are not really like major shoppers, but I do know some friends who like, you know, they'll spend three hours at the store trying to find a pair of boots. They already got five <laughs> pairs of boots, but they just spent three hours in a mall trying to find a pair of boots. Yep. I'm like, wow, do you know how much you can learn about nutrition in three hours if you had the right resources in front of you, you just sat on the sofa and just did some reading? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just really where your priorities lie and, and, and what your priorities are, and you can definitely make it happen. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, I think yeah. the, the takeaways from today are, you know, do your homework, read as much as you can from credible sources. I think that's important too. Don't just jump on Facebook and join a group and get all your information from other people because you don't know what their situation is. You know, take progress pictures, track where you started, progress along the way. That includes food. At least at the beginning, get to know what you're putting in your body and why and what it's doing for you. And just pay attention and be patient. Mm, Yes. Compliance, consistency, patience in those Perfect. order. Well those said. are my, my three favorite things to tell people. I like it. And we'll add a fourth one. Have some fun. Take there the you pressure go. off yourself <laughs> and have some fun with it. <laughs> because you get to have a carb night once a week. How can you not have fun? <laughs> right? It's true. I'm like a little kid sometimes. Like showing up in the donut shop at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. Like, okay, I got to get some milk too for these donuts. <laughs> exactly right on um, I know my carbonates are always they t- tend to be like these little outings sometimes I'll even jump on like my cruiser bike and yeah. I'll be like I'm going to the donut shop yep, or I'm exactly. doing whatever <laughs> and it's fun. like you know it's it's a it's a total event it's fun <laughs> it is I agree <laughs> right on well I think those were great takeaways that you summarized so I think we'll end the podcast on that uh, and give everyone to think about and hopefully um, like you said, for the new year, it's the time where everyone's um, going to start making those New Year's resolutions. So hopefully we can help you get off on the right foot. Yes. Sounds like a plan. I like it. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Catch you next time. You've been listening to Her Body IOFM. 
with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jengel. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.